Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast, brought to you by the Hot Take Hot Box, fresh off of a UFC Sao Paulo that was underwhelming to say the least i mean we got cooked i'll say that that's that goes without saying but a fight that i think we lost like what three fights going into it and we had you know it's lots of lots of boring fights the main event was horrible there was a lot of just slop and filth throughout this entire card the crowd was into it but it's unfortunate that they just weren't able to really you know get too excited there was a couple big moments but other than that it was real Real boring, but we will get into all of that. We'll have some boxing. We have some fight news to talk about, which we will kick the show off with. But I am joined by Ty Capone. Ty, how are you feeling today? How, did you enjoy the fight card? I can't imagine you did. <laughs> uh, yeah, not so much. Not so much. It was not uh, It was not that exciting. Nothing really happened much. We got cooked, like you said. <clears throat> we lost a fight. Who was it? Um, which one got scrapped right, right before the, I guess, right in the... Yeah, a fight people were looking forward to, Petrosian Vieira. I guess uh, I didn't know Petrosian was the one who got sick. Yeah, uh, yeah, a bunch of missed weights. Yep. Uh, I mean, if, you, if there's one thing you can count on when you go to Brazil with a bunch of Brazilian fighters, there's going to be a lot of weight misses. That's just what's going to happen. So um, that's exactly what happened. And then you had a couple uh, a couple Braz- Brazilians got fraud checked, right? So yeah, and then Montserrat Caneo, I mean, she got her uh, she got smoked. I feel bad for her. Other than that, um, yeah, nothing really happened on this card at all. So I would like to kick us off with a little bit of that fight news. Dana White came out and gave us three pay-per-view main events that are on the upcoming slate. We have, you know, we have some, you know, we got Edwards Covington to end the year. Uh, you know, we also, we have a big card coming up this weekend, which we will have a full show breaking our main card. Down. Oh, I can't it's wait. Unbelievable. I'm looking at the prelims, the, the early prelims. I'm like, eh. But then it starts. It starts to pick up slowly. Like Roosevelt Roberts, Matus Rombetsky. That's kind of an underrated banger. The uh, Loopy and Tabitha Ricci. They're like, <laughs> I don't know why. I exactly always, like, the same. Yeah, the same exact fighter. Both short. Both Hispanic. Both can uh, twerk it in the cage, and they both wrestle a lot. So um, also Slava Slava Claus, your boy. He's back against yeah. uh, Sadikov. That whole main card, though. I mean, opening up with Sabatini Diego Lopez is is just a scramble fest. So. I'm I'm really excited for this card. We'll see about Yuri and Alex. Hopefully, the main and co-main don't disappoint. I feel like we've had a bad year in the UFC with main events and even some co-main events, uh, just in general. So hopefully that delivers, uh, dude. I don't know if you've looked at the card after that. Um, we don't have to talk about it, but it is bad. What it is? I I saw them so, promoting the uh, what was it? Brendan Allen and somebody Brendan else. Brendan right? Allen, Paul Craig is the main uh, event. So you're like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, the co-main is Jake Matthews, Michael Morales. You're like, yeah, okay, whatever. That's not but then you have Chase either. Hooper, Jordan Levitt, oh, Nick Aguirre, Peyton Talbot. Who? And you're probably like, who? Yeah. <laughs> Nick, Peyton Talbot is from the Contender Series. He's not very uh, skilled, but he is, you know, he turns it up in the second, third round. Nick Aguirre, yeah. Uh, Johnny Parsons, Euros Medich, that's on the main card. Um, oh. Yeah. That's this, not, uh, I mean, a, I, that's like kind of just like two guys who fight. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's sure. just two two dudes. You know, uh, that's two guys being dudes. Uh, whatever. The uh, Austin card looks pretty good. The Shanghai card that they're trying to put. I didn't know uh, Nazardine Imavov Roman Delize was something they were trying to do. That's pretty sick. Um, yeah, the Vegas, the two ninety six. I'm really, I, I'm excited for it, but I, I have some uh, reservations about you know, the Patty and and Gary mismatches, but. Uh, if you want to just jump into the, the the big matches that were made, let's let's get after it. Ferguson's also training with David Goggins ahead of this fight, so that, yeah, that's something to keep, keep in note. But uh, this fight, uh, two ninety seven, Dana White came out. It was originally going to be Volkanovski and Taporia, but that you know fight kind of got scrapped a little bit, uh, you know, due to Volkanovski getting his head kicked off by Islam Makachev. But we have Sean Strickland and DDP Driscus Duplessis. Getting in there. Uh, do you? Uh, I am glad that they're doing this. I don't think there was really another 
ne- necessary option. I know that Chemaev was kind of just there, but I don't think he... We, we talked about this on the pod after that fight, that we didn't believe he was really worthy of the next 85 title shot. It, it was DDP or nobody else, because what he did to Robert Whitaker, you can't not reward him. You know, that was that that was a all-time performance. And whether DDP or, or Whitaker was on his game or not, DDP went out and did what needed to be done. He continually, like, proves the, the doubters wrong. And that's what Sean Strickland, it seems like, he just did in his fight against Israel Adesanya. It doesn't seem like we're going to see Israel for quite some time. So uh, what do you think? I mean, I, obviously, I think you're going to like this fight. It's it's just a good, it's a fun matchup. Um, yeah, and I guess it's very notable that Chemaev wasn't going to wasn't going to be in this fight because he can't fight in the in the North America. Yeah, it appears. So I guess that would be very difficult to do. I still I I still wish we could get some clarity on that whole ordeal. But if he's just going to keep fighting in other countries, I guess you know we can kind of read between the lines there. Um, I'm excited they're going back to Canada. Canada used to be a very you know used to be a hotbed for MMA. I think when you know you had the rise of GSP, the rise of Rory McDonald, a couple other um, a couple other guys that were popular and um i don't know what happened honestly i'm trying to i'm trying to look when the last time we went to canada was they, i want to say max no i feel I like they, they were there recently for that um amanda nunez and uh juliana pena rematch right uh, right like, wasn't one of the yeah. fights was there i'm pretty sure but it's like you know that's that's what we're giving them that you know we used oh, to give bad. them absolute um I wish I could find something on this. Uh, absolute bangers. And obviously, you know, GSP retiring, Rory leaving the UFC. They left a, a big imprint. But, I mean, the last – yeah, UFC 240 was the last time we went to Canada and gave them gave them really something for their uh, price of admission. It was Max and Frankie in that not-so-close fight. I don't know how. There was a 50-45 and a 48-47 scorecard. But, That's why. Uh, it was that. It was Cyborg when she beat the absolute piss out of Felicia Spencer. Jeff Neal, Nico Price, Saruki, and OAM. So, I mean, this, you know, even this card wasn't that great. Pantoja and, and Figueredo was on the prelims. That's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, and that was 240. So, it's been almost, you know, 60 uh, pay per views. And um, that was way back in 2019, which is kind of crazy. To, like, any, anytime I look at some card, any random card, and I look back at the time it took place, I'm like, holy fuck, man. Like, you know, this this fight took place six years ago or five years ago. So, anyway, um, I'm excited they're going back to Canada. We shall see what the rest of the card looks like. If the co-main is going to be Raquel Pennington and Myra Buena Silva, yeah, which we don't know about. Like. But if that's what it's going to be, that's – I got to tell you, man, it's very underwhelming. Very, very underwhelming. I, you know, blow if that's the case. I could, I, yeah, I couldn't care less about – I don't say either of them, but def- definitely Raquel. Like, I, I don't really care what – I don't care about either like, of them. I'll say that right now. Yeah, and that whole division is pretty, pretty cooked. I mean, Tanara Lisboa is like 2-0 and in the UFC. She's ranked 15th, and she probably should be. She should probably rank 10th, mm-hmm. <laughs> honestly. Um, you know, Ketlin Vieira, Holly Holm, Marina Aldana. Like, I wasn't sure what they were going to do for this car. I thought they were going to run back Holly and uh, Misha Tate. You know, I think that probably would have sold more numbers than that. But and, and all, all in all, Chris Curtis, Marc-Andre Barrio. I guess they'll have Arnold Allen. He, is he Canadian? No, he's not, right? No, he's English. He's in English, that's right. Uh, Mike Malott, Jillian yeah. Robertson. I think Brad Katona is Canadian. Johan Laness, that that fraud. What is Brad Malcolm, Katona? I think he's Canadian. Oh yeah, he, he is Canadian. In Ireland. Yeah, you can't tell. Uh, he that guy annoys the yeah, shit he's out of me. Pretty terrifying to look at. Also, um, <laughs> is Raquel uh, Pennington Canadian? I guess that would make sense for her to be in the co-main, but I don't know. If no, she, yeah, I think from she, Colorado. It says. Yeah, so not Canadian at all. Um, yeah, they, they're definitely gonna have to add something big, you know, whether it be like a number two versus number four or some kind of, you know, like a, a Frivola Santini fight where you're like, oh, wow, this is actually yeah, like a put this right on the main card. Um, uh, you know, and, and even Strickland and Duplessis doesn't seem like that, like, like, like a pay-per-view headliner. You know what I mean? Like nope. if I'm a Toronto native, I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. Neither guy are Canadian. Uh, one of them is probably going to drop a slur. After they win the fight, I'm not sure who. Um, I said I saw that. Uh, so they somebody said they're going to fight for the N word pass. I was like, I don't. Know. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a good idea. I don't know if that's uh, acceptable. Yeah. But I don't know if we can just start my place. That thing out. It's not my place. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't. yeah me either. <laughs> um, 
All in all, the fight itself, I think it should be a pretty compelling fight. I actually don't know who I have because I think Strawn's very, um, you know, technical and Drickus is not. But Drickus can, you know, do some things. I think he can be uh, tricky for him, especially if he implements some wrestling because Strawn Strickland does do a lot of backing up. And his footwork isn't always crisp. I think there's some parts of his game that he kind of gets away with defensively. Uh, but he's got great coaching and you never know what those guys can do. They almost just uh, won the heavyweight championship of the world with Francis. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the fight itself should be fine. I'm not really complaining about the fight itself. And Izzy says he's taking a year or two off. I, I don't know what he has planned. I don't really honestly care. Yeah. But it's definitely a, you know something to think about in a division that's you know kind of starving. Not starving, but kind of hungry for some top-of-the-line contenders. I mean, Robert Whitaker, he you know fell off. Cannoneer, Vittori, Paulo. All these guys are kind of falling off. You just have Chimaev, who can't really fight over here, right? And then you have Drickus, and that's it. So, yeah, definitely. At least there's something. At least there's activity. Light heavyweight has been a goddamn carousel since John left. Yuri got the belt, and then he got hurt, and then Jamal Hill got the belt, and then he got hurt. So, that fight should be fine. Uh, so, then we move on to 298, which we also got a fight made for, and that is the fight I previously just mentioned. Alexander Volkanovsky is going to defend his 45 title against Ilya Taporia at a, at a location to be determined later, which is pretty wild that that's even a thing. But uh, we've talked about this before. Really we are... We are excited. It's probably yeah. You're right. I mean, it's always a fair guess to just assume they're probably yeah. going to be in Vegas. But I feel like if they don't put a city right away, then it's going to be Vegas. Like, oh, we can just go to Vegas. Exactly. Uh, I am excited for this fight. I don't like that. It's. I mean, I, I would have liked a little bit more time for Volkanovski to take off. But I mean, what is this going to be? Six months or so from the time that he got you know KO'd, right? A little bit, maybe less. Something yeah, like that. A little bit less, but. I would have liked a little bit more time, but I mean, it is what it is. It's just, you know, he, he's a guy who obviously has said he likes to be active, and this fight's going to be awesome. It's uh, they, they have nothing else for the... I don't know why we're announcing headliners this far out, but I mean, it's the UFC obviously has a plan with 300 kind of right around the corner. I think um, I think they felt a little bit of pressure, right? I feel like, some you know, they've kind of had a... I don't know if 2023 has really been their best year, per se, but I think they're like... There's a lot of shakeup, right? I think there's some uh, inactivity, and um, I think they really just need it. I, I think they have future plans for like John and Connor, right? Because now John's getting pushed way back, and Connor had to get pushed back. So I think they're trying to plan something big for 300. But in the meantime, they they had to fill in the, the you know 290s, uh, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. So so now I mean, I think it works. All in all, you know, they got the Leon Colby fight, so that worked. Uh, the 295. Uh, you know, back and forth, but you got Yuri and Alex, and then you got Sergey and Aspinall. That's fine, right? They're they're kind of piecing it together. They're doing their best. Um, and I, you know, two ninety seven, whatever. But two ninety eight, two ninety nine, and then whatever three hundred is going to be, I would assume that's going to be what February, March, April, right? It looks like it'll be um, April. Yeah. So it's got to be Connor. I was going to say it has to be Connor. You know what? This this is what they should do for three hundred. I'm going to kind of get outside the box here. Connor Justin Gaethje for the BMF belt. How does that not? How, how does that like not number one? I, I understand the Chandler fight is definitely compelling, right? I I would love to see Chandler and him fight. How could you turn down Connor Gaethje for the BMF? I, I mean, that would do insane numbers. Gaethje coming off that win against Dustin Connor coming back in general. You have the BMF belt on the line, which you know. Imagine if Connor got the BMF belt. I feel like that's who it was originally made for, even though he never fought for it. That's the fight to make, at least in my opinion, for 300. Uh, we also have Islam and Dubronx, possibly. It looks like that's what's next. I don't know when we're doing that. Um, what, what do you think for 298? Right, it has to be. Maybe that's 300. Maybe you put them all. Maybe you just absolutely stack the deck for 300 like Bellator did and put like five title fights. I don't know. It's not what Dana does, but this is a big event, so you never know. Um, what do you... What would you line the Volk Taporia fight? Just, just you, just going off of you know feelings and everything. You mean like what? I what would I put next to it? Yeah, like what? What would you? How would you line that fight? What would you put Volk as a favorite if he if he if you would? Put oh, him oh, you're talking and, about and the, the betting think? line. Uh, I would yeah. say Volk minus like one ninety two hundred. 
That would yeah, probably just safe be, enough, but not too safe. Yeah, because I think this is a very like uh, if you look at his recent fights, it's probably a the one of the lower ones of where he's not fighting Islam. Pretty much, it's right. I'm be curious to see what if they actually have a line out for this fight to see what the the number would be. It, it, I wouldn't be surprised, but I can't find it right right off the rip. But it, it's that that seems like the best number to like something in that area where you're not really. Uh, you know, I don't know, because Taporia is a dangerous, dangerous guy. Taporia was only at minus one fifty five. Uh, favorite. It has like a uh, like a future line here. I guess if him and Bryce Mitchell were to fight again, I guess I don't know if, <laughs> what that is. Yeah, but, run it back. Why not? Uh, he he was only minus one fifty one seventy in that in in this supposed uh you know thing on here. So I don't. So I, this says bet online AG. You know. Take it for what it is. What are, yeah. uh, Volk minus one eighty one, Taporia plus one fifty six. That makes sense. So, yeah, so like, right, right where you were saying. Shout out to you. We got to make you the, the, the odds. Well, you know, I'm, uh, the you know, when you lose lines, enough bets, you 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 know <laughs> what the what these lines are going to be. Fair. I mean, we we both watch so that's many fair. of these things. It's kind of like you know right away when yeah. they make a fight. Like oh, it's going to be this or that. It's very very like that's when we're shocked when we look at a line. We're like what what is going on here? And then that's usually when we get caught. Yeah. But. Um, plus two hundred. Let's go. What like, are they doing? Like Pan, who's Pantoja defending his belt against? I, I know that that's got to uh, be. I thought it was gonna be Royval. When is that? Um, uh, next month. Um, is that even set? I feel like I heard an announcement. Oh yeah, it's Pantoja Royval at two ninety six. That's the co-main for Leon and Colby. Right, that's what I thought. Okay, so okay. I, so, got, I forgot all about it. Yeah, I don't know. Like, in the interest of like, what would they do next to that fight? Like, I don't know if it would have to be like a ladies' fight of some sort, right? I don't know if you could do like a Zhang Wei Li title defense. Well, yeah. So that's funny you said that because I was like kind of looking through all the champions and and um, who who has fights scheduled. I'm pretty sure all of them except Jamal Hill. He's hurt. Alexa Grasso's hurt. Um, John Jones is hurt. Everybody else has a title. Or has a fight set up, except for Zhang Wei Li. I don't know if she's hurt. Maybe they're waiting to do her and Yan in in China. I mean, they're going to they're going to Shanghai in December 9th, but that's just a fight night. Song Yudong, Chris Gutierrez, by the way, pretty good main event. I like that a lot. Yeah, um, that should be a big test for Chris Gutierrez to see where he's at. And Song Yudong, um, yeah, I think so too. I think all around, I think he's got good kicks. I think it's going to come down to striking and boxing, and his is his is much better. Uh, probably a better wrestler too. So I don't know if they're waiting for Zhang to go, you know, to China or Singapore or somewhere. Maybe, but either way, whenever the opportunity presents itself for Yan Zhanan and Wei Li Zhang, that's going to be a great fight. That should do absolute numbers if they do in China. That would be electric. It'll be very early in the morning for us, but uh, we'll, you know, we'll be up. We'll be I'll there no matter what. For sure, uh, I'll be there um, no yeah, matter that's what. A, <laughs> that's a good question for the co-main for two ninety eight. I really don't know. I'm trying to like look around and. I don't know. I don't know. My brain can't process anything. They can cook something so, up. There's so many different guys in, the, in this thing that you know you could do a, a you know just add a for example a Bilal Muhammad versus somebody or you know even though that's not the most exciting thing or Dustin Poirier versus whoever. Yeah. You know you can always do something like that to kind of get people you know, invested or excited. But uh, then the next the next uh, scheduled event, Ty, March second. UFC Fight Night 235, UFC on ESPN 93, Riyadh season. We are going to Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. We do not have an event or a uh, main event, but I know you are a big fan of what the UFC is doing in Saudi Arabia, and I know you love the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. So, Yeah, I love the sports washing going on. Just wanted to uh, point that out. But we also have UFC 299. We have a main event for that, which also does not have a location. But it is going to be Sean O'Malley. Sugar Sean O'Malley defending his title against the only man who has beaten him in mixed martial arts, Marlon Chito Vera. That is a banger of a main event. And I know there's a lot of back and forth online, whether he's ducking this guy or that guy or whatever. But... You guys out there obviously have no idea what you're watching or don't follow the UFC if you thought that Dana White was going to reward Marab Davishvili for yeah. basically ducking the, the title shot that he tried to give him probably multiple times saying that he wouldn't fight Aljamain Sterling. Did you think that he was just going to give it to him the second that Aljamain lost? That's not, that's not in his nature. That's not, not what works. he does. So 
Uh, I would love to see Henry Cejudo versus Marab or, or someone like that. Not, not obviously Aljamain. I don't know what Aljamain's going to do, but uh, I'm very excited for the, this specific uh, card or th- this specific fight, I should say, because this is uh, the this is a huge kind of legacy builder for Sean O'Malley to kind of make sh- yeah to basically say that that was a fluke and that he is the the you know the true you know 35 king. It, it's like a this is just a great test, man. I, I am so excited for it. the buildup's going to be sick. Cheeto's going to be all worked up and fucking just the the venom that's going to be spewing from his mouth and in, in his accent is going to be incredible and absolutely hilarious. <laughs> Sean O'Malley's probably not going to say much, but it's going to be how, how many times? How many times on fight week? Just fight week alone, will he call Sean, Sean O'Malley a pussy? Yeah, you a pussy. Uh, do I can't also. I can't wait. I, what are the odds that he uh, drops a word that some fighters have been dropping lately? You know oh, what I mean? yeah. There's going to be Call some, some homophobic uh, slurs for uh, sure. You know what? I, especially if he had that rainbow hair. I wonder what Sean's going to do with his hair because remember the first time he dyed at the um, Ecuadorian flag. Co- Ecuadorian flag. E- Ecuadorian colors. He should do that again. Actually, what he should do this time is, uh, I don't know. He should just go out there and knock him out. That's what he should do. I think he's going to get the win. He's a quick starter. Cheeto's a slow starter. Cheeto can be hit a lot, uh, even though he's good at minimizing impact and damage. He still is a pretty pretty big target. You know, he doesn't really check kicks. He kind of just says, like, "Yeah, kick me until you can't." Um, I'm really excited. I'm That's, really dude. really excited for that. I can't wait for Sean. He's get he's getting his spot. He's getting his main uh, his pay per view main event. Um, I wonder if they bring him back to Boston because he's such a big star up there. Yeah. Um, I, I really think he's a star everywhere. I mean, honestly, you put him anywhere in, in the country and he's going to sell out. I would love for them to come to Tampa. It's okay. I understand they probably never will. Um, but yeah, that's going to be a great card. And I, I assume that's going to be a more stacked card just because it's maybe because it's 299 and maybe because it's closer to 300. I don't know. But uh, either way, I'm very excited for that fight. And I know you are as well. So uh, let's get this Sean O'Malley inside the distance. Are we doing that? Uh, see, that's the thing. I'm going to have to, the it's odds tough. for that are probably going to be like right down the middle. I would say, I mean, maybe, maybe really? O'Malley probably minus 140, 150, but like, I think it's going to be close. Cause you're not gonna be able to get that image out of your head of him bouncing his head off the canvas like that. It's, you know, even though it was yeah. fluky, it's still, you know, like right here we have, wow, O'Malley minus 198 on DraftKings. So. I'm seeing minus two twenty on whatever. Yeah, this so it's like maybe you know it's obviously I think that that's the right call because I I just I he's so durable Cheeto Vera like that that's what worries yeah. me like is he going to be able to get him out of there and if he doesn't will he be able to withstand twenty five minutes of literally standing and banging with Cheeto Vera I don't I I don't know I, I I'm that worries me I think he's going to be much quicker and faster but. Cheeto fires him leg kicks, and that's what kind of you know got gave him the drop foot last time. It, that's going to be hard to imagine, replicate, but uh, I don't know. Imagine that happen again. Oh man, that would be horrible. <laughs> that would be so be so brutal. But I doubt it though, because he's you know he's he had Piotr Jan throwing some kicks. He's he's been tested in that category, and uh, nothing's really happened. He's throwing leg kicks himself. So uh, remember, he threw a, a teep, a heavy front kick up the middle to Aljo right before he caught him with that. With that, uh, was it a left or straight left, right? I think so. So um, I'm, I'm excited for that fight. I'm excited for him to get a spot right before 300. And then uh, I think he's going to – 2024 is going to be the, young, the, the, year, the year of Sean O'Malley, I think. So I'm excited. You are right, though. That Austin, Texas card is incredible. It's, yeah, it's, that it's is a, really it's good. It's like a pay-per-view, like a main card, the first four it's fights. Such, with, with like If you had like, a, a like, title fight on top of that, that would be an incredible card. It's such a solid – I mean, there's a little bit of grossness, right? Cody Brundage and Zach. I don't even know who Zach Reese is. Zach Aston Reese, the, the winger for the Penguins? Could be. I don't know if that's him. Um, Hadolfo Bellato and Ihor Potier. That's kind of disgusting and gross. Um, but Azamat Mursikhanov, Khalil Rountree, banger. Veronica Hardy, her beautiful self. Jamie Lynn Horth, she's honestly not that bad, even though she has like four or five fights. Uh, they should put her in the, the Canada card. Uh, who else? Jakar close. Joe Selecki. That's yep. a interesting. Shout very interesting. Maybe not. Maybe not great. Shout out to Hassets, but very interesting. Misha Tate, Julia Avila. Yeah, I'll be sleeping during that one. Clay Guida, Joaquin Silva, uh, D- Dustin Stoltzfus is on the main card. So that's yeah. Rob Font, Figgy. Woo! I can't wait for that one. Yeah, I can't wait for Clay Guida to go to sleep. It's only a matter <laughs> of time. But 
One day. Ty, we have gotten to the point where it is time to, unfortunately, talk about the event from this past weekend where we had we had Bruce Buffer speaking Portuguese in the octagon, which was absolutely That was a... Uh... <laughs> I, I, that was I can't insane. even imitate it because it was so ridiculous. I was watching it. It's like, and we are live. I'm like, oh, shit, all right. Like, let's fucking go. But, uh... What, Where's what David Diamante when we need him? Yeah, we need. We would need, uh, dude. I kind of. I need to see him again. I need to see him do do a. I'll, t- I'll let you know when he's back. I'll let you know when he's back on the zone. I, there might be something this weekend. So I'll, I'll tune to, in just I'll just to, to see the intros and probably turn the, the play off immediately afterwards. <laughs> but uh, we lost the bone. One of the bone fiend fights, which we uh, we we were excited about, but we didn't really have a pick. Uh, I don't think. And Daniel Marcos, uh, Victor Hugo missed weight by quite an amount. Uh, so yeah. That wasn't even close, and then we we lost the Petrosian fight the night of the fight. He yeah, came in with an sick. illness. Yeah, I, I, who knows? They probably probably got fucking poisoned, which I, I would not be shocked. It's yeah in Brazil. I, I would not want to fight in Brazil or uh, Dubai or wherever the fuck they go. Abu Dhabi. Yeah, is, we're not allowed back. Me and you are on the no fly list to well, the Middle let, East. I was just talking to this about. I'm not going there, man. I I, I don't care what the the <laughs> financial gains are. I'm just not. I don't. I don't think they would like me there. I don't think I would wear the headdress though. I would wear all the uh, garb, but it's not good for me. <laughs> like Dana or Izzy, I should say. <laughs> uh, so main event: Jalton Almeida, Derek Lewis, a five round, twenty five minute unanimous decision tie. This was about as boring as it gets, and. This is one of those fights where it's like there's no way you could really think that Jelton Almeida's stock could drop, but it kind of did on Saturday night, Ty. I mean, it it was – he did nothing. He took him down, and he just kind of would sit in full mount, and he would just hold his hands, and he would really – like he didn't really land much, and, and it, the submissions weren't all that close. I had – I kind of knew that – Derek Lewis was going to be good at defending the submissions. He's fought enough of these guys where he kind of knows what he's doing on the ground. Not that he's great at it, but he can defend himself. I thought that more the strikes would have been there more frequently, but I don't know. I did not like the activity of Jalton, and I thought he should have gotten him out of there with the amount of time that he spent on the ground, that being 21 minutes, which I think was a UFC record or a uh, heavyweight Second ever record. to that- uh, Sean, Sean Shirk set the record against uh, – fuck, I can't forget. That's insane. Um, but he came one minute short of breaking the um, the record set by Sean Shirk. I thought it was when he fought um, – I can't – I can't. I can't. Um, I can't find it. Sorry, it there's somebody yeah. listening right now that that is like, <laughs> it's this guy, it's him. Yeah, he was one like a minute ish off. Um, also, most the uh, highest control time percentage in UFC history. Nobody's even really close. The jail time made at 89 percent. Bartosz Fabinski, who's hardly qualifies, is at 79. Um, I'm trying to find the most top, the like the. The, a list of highest control time, you know, one, two, three, four, five, but I can't find any. Also, Jelton Almeida sets a, has a, <laughs> listen, the one thing about Almeida, he's in the history books. He has the least amount of strikes absorbed per minute at 0.45. No one's even remotely close to that. Jeremiah Wells is third. Um, so yeah, like in a, it, there's a, in a way, like, you know, he broke records. He did this and that. Uh, sure. He was able to avoid that hand. His, his cardio, you know, he didn't die after getting extended after a couple rounds, right? Sometimes we see that with undefeated guys getting pushed to the the uh, third or fourth round. I mean, look at the co-main. As soon as Gabriel Bonfim went to the second round, he was cooked, right? So yeah. at least at least Almeida didn't die. At least he got his hand raised. But, you know, asking the crowd, like, oh, did you guys like the performance I put on? It's like, no, we did not. Not at all. You know, 21 minutes of control is cool, but, like, I will say it's kind of hard when you have a guy who's much bigger than you on the bottom who's just kind of sitting there not doing anything, right? It's kind of hard to roll with him and get him to roll with you and and kind of find a submission. But there's one thing you need to do. One thing you need to do to soften an opponent up. It's ground and pound. And he didn't do any of it. Yeah, I was kind man. of confused because he's you know he's more of a, the, the rear naked choke guy. He, he's very basic in what he does, right? Kind of the teep kick to a takedown, get you down. Then he jumps to side control, then he jumps to full mount, and then he turns you over to get you in a rear naked choke. But he usually drops down some ground and pound. This fight, he dropped down none. 
none. To, to have 21 minutes of control of a person and be on mount as much as he did and have the back as much as he did, he didn't land anything. And I, I just don't understand why or how. Like, was he tired? I understand he was tired, but like, all you had to do is just throw some elbows, throw some shots, and then Derek Lewis eventually will buck or he'll give up his neck or he'll do something, right? And he didn't do anything or just pound him out to a, a TKO victory. And he, didn't, he couldn't do it. And uh, it was very – I mean, dude, to get warned to do something when you're on – when you have full mount is crazy. Like, like that just should not happen. That, that should not happen. So what that shows me is that he is not ready for the title picture yet. Could he, could he get there? Yeah, absolutely. I think he weighed in at 236 for this fight. I think that was the most ever for him at heavyweight. I think he was 231 before this. So maybe he wants to get his weight up just a little bit more, right? He's so fucking strong that he's you know almost up there with everybody else uh, when it comes to strength, pure raw strength. But um, yeah, I, you know the stand-up's probably never going to really come around. I mean, he's 32. That, not saying that's old, especially for heavyweight, but... Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, his stock kind of has fallen. And Derek Lewis, you know, for all the people saying, oh, he went five rounds without Meta, this and that. Like, yeah, but he looked like shit, you know? He just, yeah. he was just on the ground. He was just on his back and stomach for 21 minutes. Like, yeah, congrats, you survived. But, yeah, it's not really, there's no moral victory here for either fighter. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure where we go here next. I know he called out Cyril Ghosn. Um, ironically enough, I think that would be a a good matchup for him against Ghosn because Ghosn's takedown defense and, and grappling and jiu-jitsu defense have, like we've seen, not very good. And uh, you can kind of go through it quickly, but still, when you're fighting somebody at the top level, what if this stays standing? Cyril Gon's strong, He's you know. So up. yeah, that's yeah. You, keeping him at distance is, is easier said than done. But if Cyril Gon was to be able to do it, I think he'd probably smoke him. But also, he gets taken down once. That's probably the fight. I don't know. I don't know. I think maybe a a, a Spivak or a Tybora or somebody else. Maybe it's a Maybe that's like a tune-up to see if he's really ready. I'm not sure. Or they do the original plan, which is have him fight Curtis Blades. You know, and I yeah, think actually that is the one to make. That is the one. To make. I think Curtis Blades. That would have been a rough night if he was going to try and fight him the way he fought Derek Lewis. It's not going to be as easy to take Curtis Blades down as it was Derek Lewis. And I don't know, man. I, I'm. I, I just worry. Like he he is looked like such a punisher. Uh, in all of the years that we, you know, that we've seen him, all the recent fights, I should say, it's not like he's been around forever, but he has dominated guys, and this is like the first time where we really saw him like struggle to get the fight, get to get a guy out of there. Uh, it's it was very uh, eye opening and concerning. This is his first decision of his career, and it was against Derek Lewis. You know, he is that that's that's where I am just a little bit puzzled i guess and, and and worried it wasn't even a three-round fight it was a five-round decision and yet yes he dominated him but of course he should have Derek lewis looks like a like a like a beached whale on the ground and he kind of just lays there like we, we talked about it. it's not and people like you said people saying that oh well he 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 survived and this is good for him and it's like dude you're 38 years old you should be doing more than surviving uh, at this level when you fought for a title and you fought some of the guys that you have fought, I don't know, Ty. I, I, I did not. This did not feel good. This did not feel good whatsoever. Yeah, not at all. No, I mean, Derek Lewis was only looking for the right uppercut. It's all he was looking for. If he was looking for anything else, maybe something would have landed. Um, he landed 28 total strikes. Almeida 120, significant 38 to 20 in a five round fight, heavyweight. That's just not, not good. Not gonna work. And. Um, yeah, I mean, there's really nothing else to say in this fight. Nothing really of note happened. You know, Derek Lewis stuffed a couple takedowns and even got a little bit of top control, but then got uh, swept or, or moved. I, I will say, Jelton, when, when things didn't necessarily go his way, he didn't look like he didn't know what to do, right? He didn't yeah. look like he just kind of hit a roadblock and, and quit or gave up, right? And he was in good spirits uh, after the fight. You know, he, he thought he did well. So, which is a little naive, but also, you know, whatever. Maybe he thought, maybe in the in the fight, he did think he did well. Um, also, the one time he picked Derek, Derek Lewis up and slammed him, that was impressive. I'll say yeah. that. I mean, he is so fucking strong. Um, but just not not what just not the night that the UFC in uh, Brazil was hoping for, right? The Bonfim brothers. And uh, us. Well, now now and us. Well, now it's just one Bonfim. It's like okay, and then he gets fraud checked. It's like all right, well, at least we got Jelton Almeida in the main event. That doesn't go. Uh, as planned. So, 
Yeah, not um, not great. Not great. Also, can we please, please, no matter who pulls out, stop putting Derek Lewis in main events. Just stop yeah, doing it. It's we're getting tired of it as fans, and nobody, no, just nobody wants to see it. It's he, he kind of puts on the same performance seemingly all the time, and it's either a like flash sort of knockout where he gets lucky, or it's you know done. You know, where he is just getting worked over for a period of time. I mean, he got eliminated by Ty Tuivasa. It's Spivak, like all these guys. I mean, he is fighting the upper echelon of heavyweights, but we're tired of it. And I'd like to see Jelton get maybe get one or two before he gets that title shot. Uh, yeah. At least one, depending on who he's matched up with. So who knows what they're going to do at heavyweight. Heavyweight's kind of in a funky spot right now, but. Another division that John Jones is absolutely holding up. Yep, and ruining. Sorry, John. I love you. Sorry, John. Yeah, it's not your fault. This one's not your fault necessarily, but because you were ready to retire, you were fighting retire, but now you can't go out on a, a torn pec, my, my pectoral. But how about Nicholas Dalby? Uh, you, we could call this a fraud check. We could t- call this a vet lesson. But Gabriel Bonfim, uh, I will say this: from what I saw in this fight, looked horrible on the feet. He just did not. And especially once that second round started, you kind of knew that this was uh, over. Oh, but yeah, ball game. Uh, Nicholas Dalby is just a guy like we we have talked about on here. You know, not great at anything, but good at everything. If that if that makes sense, he doesn't really have a huge weakness in his game, and he put it on Gabriel Bonfim and gave him his first loss. Huge win for Nicholas Dalby. Yeah, man. Um, he got dropped. Oh, no, he didn't get dropped. I'm sorry. He got um. He got like uh, – it didn't even look like he got beat up that badly. But, you know, obviously his face was feeling the effects. I mean, Bonfim hits harder, right? Dalby has yeah, been, through, guy, been, been through a lot of wars, so he's got a lot of scar tissue. And, um, you know, Bonfim was taking it to him, took him down, was, was laying some decent ground to pound at the end of the first round. But then the second round starts, and he was doing okay to start the second round too. And then just – the first half of the second round, he was doing okay. He looked tired, but he was doing he was doing work. The, the second half of the round, he just started getting walked down. And um, again, something you didn't see from Almeida was him getting tired and kind of getting walked backwards and then wilting. That never happened. That's exactly what happened to Bonfim. So I say all the time, man, nobody is exempt from that first loss except for John Jones and Khabib Nurmagomedov. And if they hang around long enough, they'll also take that first L. So it's good. It's good in a way, like he's super young and he's super talented, super explosive and dynamic. And I think he could truly be something at 170 with his uh, his tools. But he just has to hone it together. He has to put it all together, especially striking wise. I think he has to, you know, he he throws wild hook, not wild, but he throws powerful hooks. But other than that, you know, he kind of has his chin up. He has to tuck that a little bit, and uh, it doesn't look like he loves being the nail. Right? He's got he's going to have to get used to it. Maybe this fight d- does a lot for him. Right, kind of like Benoit Saint Denis when he took that big L against Eliezer Zaleski. Maybe he bounces back from this. Maybe it teaches him something. Takes some time off. Yeah, works on himself. Him and his brother can you know just focus now on one making weight and two, you know, focus on their cardio really. And this happens to a lot of undefeated fighters, right? You see them get pushed to a level they haven't been pushed to, and they kind of fold. Really, they get fraud checked. And uh, I'm not going to call him Gabriel Fraud Theme or Bond Fraud. But I do. I, I've seen those names uh, on the internet over the weekend uh, for good reason, I guess. He was such a big favorite, and uh, yeah, I mean, when's the last time Nicholas Dalby got a finish? Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, no, no, I had well, it right in front of me, but no, I did not know all, right off the top. It was Jeez. 2019, which is not that long ago, but about seven fights ago. So he doesn't have one in the UFC. I'll say that. His first finish in the UFC. Um, so he couldn't even finish Cal Oliveira. Yeah, not a good look for uh, Mr. Bonfim. But the good thing is, uh, it, you have a fresh slate now. Start all, start all over. And um, I know you tried to threaten with a choke on the ground, but it, it can't be a front choke or or whatever kind of choke or bust. It has to be something else. You have to work on some some kicks, some jabs, some boxing. Some, uh, you know, better, better, uh, I don't know, better all around game and definitely the cardio. Because once Nicholas Dalby started pressuring him against the cage, throwing some short elbows, short hooks, and kind of just, just being there, just being right in his face, not letting him breathe, 
take a deep breath, throwing those knees. Those knees, man, I think the one dropped him was a knee. And then after that, he was done. Yeah. And the, enti- the entire crowd went quiet. You could hear a pin drop in there. So that was kind of cool to see. Um, but yeah, shout out to Dolby. Shout out to the Danish Dynamite. Everybody, including me. Me especially. I was like, you know, this guy lost to Jesse Ronson before, even though it didn't count. This guy's a bum. He, just get, he gets dropped by everybody. He's done. And he came out here and put on the best performance of his career so far. So shout out to him, man. Shout out to him. Now we have a Rodrigo Nascimento unanimous decision over Dante Mays. This was another boring one. I was watching, but also mentally just checked out because I knew we weren't getting that that sub. A lot of clinch work, a lot of stuff like that. But uh, I don't really. I mean, what, what were your thoughts? I could care less about this. Once, once I had made my mind up that we weren't getting that sub, I, I was like, I, by this time of the night, I was so angry at myself for some of the things that I took. That I was just like so just fucking done with it. I never wanted to watch UFC ever after this. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about the Nascimento Maze fight, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pretty, uh, pretty, uh, yeah. It happened. It was a fight. Uh, the yeah. most strikes landed on this card was from Dante Maze. So actually, I'm sorry. He was second behind Fakhradinov. But either way, if Dante Maze is leaving the significant strike counter on a card, that's how you know that card wasn't good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think he lost um I think he lost every round. Maybe he won um maybe he won I think it was the second or third, but who cares? Right? I mean, who cares? This Nasimento couldn't even get to the ground, but he was just doing more. It's crazy that Dante Mays, when you're that big and you're pro- in theory the better striker, you still get outstruck by somebody you're much bigger than, much longer than and like a little bit more skill. I don't know. Yeah, you're supposed to be a more was, a better striker than this guy who's kind of a jujitsu guy, but but and whatever. he's short and he's a little flabby and you're just you know don't tell me he should get cut. I'm sorry, Tayo Bahano. Oh my bad. Um, no, they both should get cut. Yeah, That's why it. not? Honestly, I, I could care less <laughs> to see either one of them. But how about Kayo taking out Abus Magomedov? Wasn't a uh, fit like a finish, but it, I this fight was rather not exciting, but enter, more, and more entertaining than some of the other slop that was on this card. Uh, Kayo hurt him a few times, hit him with a nasty elbow. Uh, I believe it was like a lead elbow sort of thing. Uh, wobbled him. He had him hurt a couple times, took him down later on in the fight. Uh, just a, like you kind of mentioned, the, the, he, they, these guys have the, that he fights with at, at that gym, are they have a, a good IQ, the old fighting nerds. I mean, that makes sense yep. that their name is, is appropriate. He just had a good game plan coming into this fight, and he was... He didn't rush in. He didn't play Abus's game, and he kind of just waited and picked his spots. And Abus, eventually, the longer the fight went on, gassed himself out, and he was able to kind of take over as the fight went on. Yeah, especially in that third round, right? The first two rounds, yeah. I think, were kind of slow, kind of boring, and then he knocked him down in that third. No takedowns. Only one takedown attempt in the fight. He had a couple minutes of control, but no official takedown, uh, successful takedowns, and only one attempt officially, so... It really shows you that he's trying to, you know, work on his all-around game and try to, you know, get it together for a, a potential, uh, for, for a potential run at middleweight. Um, I mean, there's not much in front of him, right? You know, and I think he has such a, a different, a unique skill set that I think it could work, but we just haven't seen enough. And I, I would like to see him uh, get a finish here, but yeah, I thought he fought well. And, you know, a boost, poor boost. He's got two fights in a row where he kind of was... <laughs> Like set up to lose, not yeah, not as much in this one as uh, the last one, but still, this was kind of a, a litmus test for uh, Kayo, not really for a boost. He was just like, yeah, you you be the guy that's kind of a tough out, uh, which is kind of unfortunate for him. But I'm sure they have plans for him in the future. Maybe give him another Dustin Stoltzfus type level guy and and see what he can do. But I don't envision him going uh, having a long career, uh, Mister Abus. Yeah, Abus, his game seems very limited. He doesn't really... He seems like a middle-of-the-road sort of middleweight that you'll see him fight some of these up-and-coming guys. He may win, he may lose. If he's able to catch a guy on a good night, then he'll you know, put him out. He'll, be, he'll, he'll take care of the Dustin Stoltfoots of the, of the world, but it's, it's, a, it's a tough road when you want to fight these Kayos and these guys, that these up-and-coming monsters. It's, you know, especially his game is kind of just get you out in the first round or I'm done, and it's... It's bad, but yeah. How about Elvis Brenner with a uh, not even like a nuclear bomb sort of a shot, but it's just a perfect temple shot that shot Krzyzewski's brain off, 
and ended him up flat face down on the on the canvas. Elvis Brenner, man, th this is a guy who kind of came out of nowhere, and it seems like he's the underdog in mo uh, was was the underdog in most of these fights. The Tukagov fight, the, the Guram fight, he finally got a little bit of respect here with the uh, late sort of uh, entry with Krushevsky, but how about it, man? Look, it, 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 he is a uh, scary kind of guy. You're gonna have to get. You're gonna have to end him to get him out of there. Yeah, uh, this is a catchweight, right? Usually, I think he's a lightweight. Yeah, he is a lightweight. Um, maybe moving up to 170, maybe it's possible. But he, yeah, he hits hard, man. When I saw the replay, I was. It took me like 20 20 uh, you know, reruns to like figure out what the fuck happened because. We've seen shots like that, but it like skimmed off the side of his head right behind yeah. his ear, but shut off that nerve right there behind your ear that, um, yeah, I mean, like you said, face planted and he was, he was out. <laughs> um, it was cool to see them, you know, hug it out and talk right after he, right after they're both Brazilian. So I'm sure they have a lot of respect for each other and Brazil needed to win badly tonight. And this was a huge one for them. I think they have a potential, potential star in Elvis Brenner. Um, in, at least in the, the little bit that we've seen in, uh, from him in his career, <clears throat> he's only 26, I think. Pretty good size. He's the same height as Kayo Bahayo. 11 sub wins. Uh, he only has three TKO wins, but two of them are in the UFC. So that just shows you he's just leveling up, getting better each fight. Uh, he has a really good team with him. Shoot the box, Diego Lima. Um, all of his three losses are by decision. So, you know, maybe uh, maybe he's very I – mean, he is very durable. We saw it in the Guron fight. Yep. So, um, yeah, I'm very excited to see what he could do next. Also, you know, that was a really tough for Kane and Krzyzewski. Yeah. So uh, we got to see him bounce back with a much easier uh, opponent next time. And get to full training camp, I would hope, to, yeah. as as opposed to kind of just jumping in here late and fighting at a weight, you know, up up in weight kind of. to. It was just a, it was a tough ask for him to hop in here like that. But he did it, and that's, you know, that's what the UFC, I'm sure, I hope he was paid well. Because otherwise, nobody cares, and they'll just say you got knocked out. Uh, so that's the tough, tough road that these UFC fighters have to live. But how about uh, Elizu Zaleski dos Santos uh, getting the uh, majority draw here against uh, Fakhradinov? This was a shocker. Not necessarily a crazy shocker. We kind of uh, showed the or talked about the path that he had to victory. And this, to me, was more about how Fakhradinov was not able to get that takedown. I mean, oh, he dropped them in the first round, right? Uh, if I remember correctly. Yes, like, five, like 15 seconds in. Yeah, and then it was, you know, he he gets that first round. But after that, it was really Zaleski bounced back. And if he wasn't able to, it seemed like Fakhradinov, of course, sort of gassed out towards the end. And if once he wasn't able to really get them takedowns, that striking didn't exactly look that great. Yeah, he got tired, man. Also, yeah. Dominic Cruz kept saying it the whole night. Another good night for Dominic Cruz, my guy. Yeah. Um, I think even in the first round, he was like, yeah, good. these good teep kicks, these good liver shots from Elijah Zaleski, the kicks he kept throwing. They weren't doing much, but third round, they made they made Renat bend over, man. That was brutal. That was um, bad. And then I don't know what Fabio Alves saw, but he, uh, he gave the third round. He had it a 10-9 for uh, Mr. Zaleski, so I'm kind of surprised by that because that seemed like – you know, maybe maybe not the entire round. He wasn't beating him, beating the shit out of him from pillar to post, but he almost had him out of there. So I, that you know, and he dominated, completely dominated that round. I feel like that's that feels like a ten eight, clear cut definition of a ten eight. Seventy six total strikes to thirty, knocked him down. Uh, I think he almost had him in a rear naked choke as well. Uh, the ref had to tell him to you know do something, fight move back. or uh, <laughs> fight back, fighter, fight back, right up, fight back. <laughs> So yeah, he kind of got fraud check too, man. It was a good, a good uh, last second showing from Zaleski to, to salvage a draw. Uh, I was kind of surprised to see that because he is getting older. He is, you know, taking a lot of damage. He's been in a lot of wars, but um, yeah, able to survive the first fifteen seconds. Caught a couple uppercuts, clean. Yeah, and he didn't look good. It was kind of like uh, very reminiscent of the Barbosa and Yusuf fight: quick, early knockdown and you know destruction, and then nothing else from that guy. So. Uh, yeah, we need to see more from Renat, especially standing up. I think he was only one and nine on, on takedowns uh, in this fight. So, yeah, let's uh, uh, let's run it back. I guess if you're going to get fraud checked, then it's the best best case scenario is for it to end in a draw. It's yeah. not you know the worst thing that could happen, but it's he did, it's not a good night for his stock. Or I didn't. 
did not feel good watching this. Uh, for a lot his, of stock down on this card. A lot of stock down. You know whose stock went up? Vitor Petrino. Uh, you want to talk about I a know. guy who hit somebody with a nuke. And that is what v- Vitor Petrino looks like he is on every supplement that the world has ever made. He is absolutely jacked. His power is out of this world. And he sent Mr. Bukaki into the shadow realm. Uh, he, he was able to kind of like rolled back over and he was like alert, but it was the party was over for Bukaskis. Modestus, that is, to everyone out there. Modestus, wake up! Modestus, wake up! Throw kicks, Modestus! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, listen, Modestus, the UFC has never really helped him out with uh, these ma- this matchmaking and a- anything. And, and you know, I mean, Zach Pauga, some of these like oh, some of his wins are good, but I mean, when he, in his first run, they they ran him up against Jimmy Crute, Ole Zaychuk, Khalil Roundtree. It was not a uh, good little run there, but it's you know, hey, this is more about v- Vitor Petrino, who now has a couple wins in the UFC. He's three and zero, and Turkali, the that fight didn't exactly go his way. He took him to the very end to get Prochnew out of there. And he just eliminated uh, Bukaskis, you know, pretty early on, six minutes into the fight. So, seems like he's trending in the right direction. Yeah, and now we uh, all eyes look to Will Curry, who is Modestus' uh, head trainer. He fights this weekend at um, Cage Warriors 163. Um, I don't know who the main event is, but it's two fellows fighting for the vacant welterweight belt. The co-main is Darren, the dentist, Stewart. Still he's getting, getting back, back in there. Yeah, he's he's in uh yeah. And then I guess Will Curry is, I think, opening up the main card against Wallace and Henrique, whoever that fellow is. Will Curry is 10-3, 24 years old. Most of his wins, I think, are by sub. Um, he lost to Christian Leroy Duncan twice of his three losses. So not bad. Not bad there for him, and hopefully he gets a shot in the UFC. But bad night for Modestus. Good night for Mr. Petrino. Uh, USADA, test him. Actually, USADA, you're done. Don't test him. Leave him alone. Angela Hill. This one, not... All that much of a shocker. I should have. I should have. We should have hammered it. Yeah. The problem is we hate her. That's the problem. We. <laughs> That's the big problem. We let our bias that, get in the way. <laughs> we don't like Angela Hill, and also we don't. It's not even. We just don't like her as a fighter. Like we, there's times I think we've like said, yeah, yeah, she'll win. Like last fight. I don't know about you, but I, like an idiot, took her against Mackenzie Dern. I also took her against Virna Janjaroba, and that didn't go well. Yeah. So, yeah, if you look at her, like. Her record, it's just win, win, loss, loss, win, win, loss, 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 win, loss, win, 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 loss. Like, yeah. it's so, so sporadic. It's so hard to really figure out who she is, what she is, when she's going to, you know. But I think this might have been a good, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but maybe a good time to see if she can fraud check Denise Gomez, who we already saw kind of get fraud checked by Luma Luke Bunami, right? Yeah. Um, and she had the two quick wins. I guess the Bruno Brazil one wasn't quick, but Bruno Brazil stinks, in my opinion. And Yasmin Hargi, that happened quick. So we, we didn't really have much tape on, on Denise. And uh, she, she did okay early, but that was it. That was really it after that. I mean, Angel Hill said after the fight, I think in a couple of years, you know, sh- she's going to be a problem. But right now, this is, this is the vet lesson she needed, probably. Um, so, yeah, she got five takedowns, Angel Hill, five and nine. Eight minutes of control, outstruck her easily. Uh, her, her strike percentage was sixty-three, so really good night in uh, at the office for Angela Angela Hill. When a lot of people, again, including us, were uh, counting her out. How about Eduardo Mora? I mean, so much bigger than Montserrat Cuneo. <laughs> uh, just an absolute tank compared to her. She, poor Montserrat, should just. I wish they had a one hundred and five. Her and. Uh, the baby shark, Tabitha Ricci, would be fighting for that title every month. They would be champs. Every yeah. single month they just have those two fight for a title. Uh, yeah, this was kind of just uh, elementary. Once I, I wish I would have bet it, but I, I I had enough on this card where I just I just hated it. I hated this. I hated it all. I, I felt bad, especially after the fight when you saw them raise uh, Mora's hand and then you looked at um, uh, Montserrat's Mossadat face and uh it looked bad it looked bad she's a good looking woman and she's got a lot of tattoos and both both of her eyes were severely damaged i felt really bad the, you know i don't know what they're gonna do i mean they probably should have never signed her to begin with because she's five foot if that um she's just so so small like i feel bad i genuinely feel bad she's probably she, she's just, she's fighting a bunch of people bigger than her and she's getting her fucking shit kicked in yep. um 
three. It's two, dude. Two fights in a row where she's been outstruck. This is gonna be hard for me to 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 let me bring up the old handy dandy calculator here. Eighty six plus fifty seven. Yes, I'm sorry. I have generic math skills. One hundred and forty three strikes to eleven in her last two fights. I mean, you know, three three L's in a row. The one before that was just a one shot. You know, it sent her sent her backing up through the cage against Lemos. Um, it's not good. Yeah, it, it's not good. Maybe you maybe you give her another uh, another test to fraud check somebody like Cheyenne Vlismus Bay's Delize. But other than that, you got to send her pack into uh, Invicta or LFA or somewhere else. Someone with an Adam weight title would be. Uh... Ideal, I think. One, one FC. There you go. I don't know. She probably would get smoked there too. So yeah, they're all they're all, all supplements. supplements. Yep, exactly. Uh, how about Marcha Casey? Did you care about this fight? I don't even think I saw a punch thrown in this fight. To be honest, so I'm not going to lie to you. Once I did not <laughs> bet this fight, I did not care who who was uh, what what happened or what didn't happen. Don't care. Yeah, nothing really. Nothing really um, happened. To be fair, um, I watched a little bit of it and I was just. It's like, oh, okay, DeCasey, you know, like I said, he's been leaning on his takedowns and wrestling a little bit more lately. That's what he did here. Got eight and a half, almost nine minutes of control time. Didn't do anything really with strikes, but, yeah, he was able to uh, get the win, if you will. And that was UFC Sao Paulo, Ty. We had a fight of the night, which was Bonfim and Nicholas Dalby. Uh, I, I think that's probably a... Yeah, fair. I don't really know what I mean. The Fakradinov fight was probably better overall, but I don't know. It's good. Give them fifty thousand. Who cares, right? Elvis Brenner gets fifty k for his elimination of Krushevsky, which is I like. I mean, that is worthy. And Vitor Petrino gets fifty k, which also worthy of the the money that he got. So that is that is it. That's UFC Sao Paulo tied. Do we have any boxing that we must talk about? Yeah, F.A. Ajagba, the big, the big fella, the big African heavyweight who one time made a fella quit before the fight started. Oh my god! Yeah, I saw that video again this week. That shit cracks me. I love when they show like the crowd and the crowd. The guys are with their hands up, like, like the, yeah, where are you? Where going? the fuck are you going? Like, it's that. Could you imagine <laughs> I mean, if you bet that guy and you're like, dude, are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? Yo, Curtis Harper money line, and then the fight starts, and he just literally walks out of the ring WWE style through the ropes, and you're like, yeah. wait a minute, where you're are you ding, going? Ding, and he just hops out of the ropes, like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, fuck this. Give me the count out. And all people are following him out. They're like, yo, where are you going? And he's like, dude, I'm not doing this shit. Did they ever say the why he did that? that? Yeah, so um, he, he, I think. Wasn't get paid or the, something like that? Wasn't it? He wasn't either, either didn't get paid or was got, got paid or was supposed to get paid much less than what he was supposed to. I mean, listen, if you're getting in there with FA Ajagwa, that is a scary looking gentleman. Now he's not that great. I think his stock has gone down in past years. Uh, this weekend it definitely went up. He's a he's a scary, scary like I don't know if you've ever seen him, but just picture Fa Ajagba, the name. Just just picture him, big fucking heavyweight. Like yeah, I don't want to. I'm not trying to compare him to Francis because they're both big African fellers, but um. They do have similar uh, yeah. statures, though. These guys they're are both, absolutely They're jacked. both scary. F.A. Jog was a little less jacked and more tall, but he's like uh, kind of a, you know, he's kind of in the middle of a Deontay Wilder and Francis Ngannou. That's kind of what he looks like. And he hits fucking hard. Um, yeah, and I guess Curtis Harper wasn't. He's like, you know, I, I got to get paid a little bit more to fight this scary guy, so I'm going to leave the ring. And walk. <laughs> the way he walked out was so funny. Um, so, yeah, he fought a guy named, I think it was Joe Goodall. Joe Goodall? And uh, yeah, he beat he beat the shit out of him. He, that's pretty much all there is to say about that. He beat the brakes off of this fellow, who I think is from Australia. Um, and then Joe Cordina, who should be getting a fight, I, I think should be fighting Oshaki Foster for the 130 belt. He uh, he beat Edward Vasquez in a in a in a majority decision, which didn't look good. He he had trouble making weight. He, he looked he didn't look great on the scales. And then uh, this fight was very uh, controversial. So um, him and Oshaki Foster both coming off fights that they look like they were going to lose, and then they won. Probably going to fight each other unless Cordina moves up. I guess that could happen, but I doubt it. And uh, I think that might have been it, boxing-wise. Yeah, I think that was it. So, Ty, we will have an episode either tomorrow or Friday, hopefully uh, sooner rather than later, to discuss UFC 295. Yes, 295. We have Alex Pojeda. Uh, Pojeda. Pojeda, Pejeda, Pereira. That's actually how it's supposed to be said. But against Yuri Prohoshka for the 
uh, I guess, vacant UFC lightweight title, which is this fight. If you're like telling your friends, like, why do you like love MMA? This is a this is this fight upcoming is exactly why. Just two legitimate psychopaths. One guy who thinks he's a samurai, and another guy who thinks he is an ancient warrior and in, in, from Brazil, who will. They dis- might both be. Yeah, I mean, it's this is just absolutely insane. And then you have in the co-main Sergey Pavlovich, a Russian Drago Terminator, fighting Tom Aspinall, who is as skilled as anybody can be at heavyweight. This is awesome. Benoit Saint Denis, Matt Frivola, Pat Sabatini, Diego Lopez. This is going to be awesome. This whole card is just going to be awesome. So uh, we look forward to it. We will have a full breakdown. We'll have picks. We'll have bets. We'll have predictions. We will have sneak preview. Sneaky pick. I'm I'm giving a pick. Alex Pereira, money line. Wow. There you go. So, and we will have a full breakdown. We'll talk about everything you need to know going into that uh, fight. So. My name is Matt McSweeney. This has been the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast. His name is Tiger. Oh, Tiger <laughs> As always, I know I, I jumped the gun a little bit. I, I didn't. I, I didn't you, know. I thought you forgot. About I didn't. Me. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I, 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 I didn't know oh, how wait, to throw wait. it over. I didn't know how to throw it over. I'm, I forgot. I'm joined by my loser co-host, uh, <laughs> asshole McDickface, over here. Uh, <laughs> but no, as always, as always, it is us giving you the fight news, the fight breakdown. As always, keep those hands up and stay out of those DMs.